You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima El Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by Nasimco. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions, you can always leave them in the comments section. Today's guest is Samira Ghani. Celebrating each other one meal, one recipe at a time, Samira brings our world closer through our universal love for food. How are you, Samira? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, very excited to have you today on the show. Uh, before we get into what you do now, um, it says in your little bio on the screen here that you are a gem- you, you studied gemology. Tell us a little about that. So I studied the uh, I studied gemology, which is the grading of diamonds and precious stones. So I could uh, what I did when I was working was I would people would bring in the stones and I would appraise it. I would set I would um, make the markings and send it to mm-hmm. GIA to get to get the stone appraised. So I would essentially do their appraisals for them. And what did you study for that? Like what what um, specific uh, field was it in? Was it under the study of gemology? It was under the study of gemology and precious stones. Okay. And is that in a university college? How, how would people get into that if, if this is something that interests them? <coughs> you, I mean, I did this more as a hobby. I did it. Um, it I went to Gem- Gemological Institute of America and mm-hmm. I did it in New York City. Okay. So much, much to everyone's dismay that I was not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> but I had to do what made me happy. So, mm-hmm. And you continue to do, to do so now, which is I do. very nice. I do. Um, so how many years did you work in this field? About seven, six and a half, seven. Wow. And when did you stop? I stopped when I got married. Mm-hmm because we wanted to go away for a while. So we went away for about four or five weeks and I didn't have that much vacation time. So I just, I said, okay, fine. I'll get back to it. And then I didn't. So I, I then I go, we got, we were expecting our first baby and mm-hmm. I decided, no, I think I'll just be a stay at home mom, which is, I feel, which I felt was very needed at the time for my, mm-hmm. to be there with my kids. And during that time, um, you ex- started to explore your love for baking and cooking. Um, tell I us did. a little bit about that. So during that time, I was I was just read up about what different foods are good for you and mm-hmm. how to eat healthy. And I'm, honestly, growing up, my mom always made three separate meals a day. <laughs> Food was always a very big part of our family. We, mm-hmm. we you know, like we would eat together, and there were three. There were they would, we would have three separate meals. It would be home cooked food. It was just, it was not, it was none of the takeout stuff. It was all home cooked and all that, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So that gave me, and subconsciously you learn all this stuff without even knowing. So I didn't even know I was learning it. And then I knew it. And lo and behold, I'm like, wait, I do know how to cook. That's so very true. And, I, and then I just started loving doing it. So I kept exploring more and more things and learning how to do different different um, recipes, different things. And you find your own style while you're doing all this. You find mm-hmm. 
find who you are while you're doing and what works for you. And what works for me is 30 minute meals. Um, I like to explore different flavors, but I don't want to be in the kitchen 24 hours a day. So I do 30 minute meals, quick meals, easy meals, nutritious meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a during this process and you're learning and you're experimenting what drew you to um, create a blog everybody always asked me what um can I have this recipe can I have that recipe and so many people told me do this right or do something on Instagram open up something I'm like what do you mean open up something they're like well you're always giving out your recipes why don't you just no, started on Instagram. So I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. And that's how I did it. <laughs> did you find it difficult? I mean, I, I'm learning. It's very new for me. I do most of my stuff. Like I'm, I'm new at, the, at food blogging. A lot of people have been doing it for many years. I've just been doing it on Instagram for about six months right now. Okay. So most of my stuff I do is um, philanthropic stuff. So it's not really on, it wasn't on Instagram before, but now I'm starting to post more about it because I want more awareness to be brought on into what I'm doing. And what is, what is it that you're doing? Tell us the purpose. So what my purpose is to make this world a better place for our children. Cause right now there's so much hate, so much divisiveness. And I feel like we need to do things for each other without, without an ulterior motive to do it mm-hmm. just because it's a nice thing to do. It's a kind thing to do. It's a helpful thing to do. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go into lots of, uh, to all different places of worship. And I, you know, every place of worship is always looking for funding, right? Yeah. So I tell them, well, let's community build and let's get funding for you. So I will go there and I will teach a cooking class, which I'll pay for my ingredients. I'll do all of that. And the people who come to the class are charged $50 and they make their checks out directly to the church, the mosque, the synagogue, the temple, wherever they want to go, wherever mm-hmm. I happen to be doing this for, they make their, the, their own, their checks out directly to them. And you take so that nothing way, of that? I take nothing. Mm-hmm. I just want people to, I want to teach people how to cook and I want to be able to fundraise for, for good causes. Mm-hmm. Are they surprised when you approach them? Yes, very much so. They're like, well, okay, well, how much do you charge? I'm like, nothing. Like, Why do you want to do it for us? Because I'm your sister in faith. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to help. And then, you know, they're like, oh, really? Okay, well, I, let's, let's try it. Let's see. And then you get a good response. And they realize I really do get nothing out of it. And mm-hmm. except, except for all the prayers and the blessings and all that, which is a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I do get something out of it. I get a lot of prayers, a lot of blessings, a lot of, I bring a lot of people together. A lot of gratitude. A lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I get to, to display to my children how I want them to live their life. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, um, what is the example that you want your, your children to follow? I want them to do all the good they can all of the, all, all the time, you know, mm-hmm. At every, at every given point, they should see what the best that they can do is and do all the good they can do for other people. Because if we want our world to change, we have to change it. We can only change it by change by being the people we want to display first. So we want to do the best that we can do for everyone, help everyone, 
um, let people know that I'm there. We are their sisters in faith. I have daughters, so that's why I'm saying we have sisters <laughs> in faith. And I drag my husband into this so many times too. So, <laughs> so when he's here, he travels a lot during the week, but when he's here on the weekend, I'm like, no, we're going to volunteer here. We're going to do this. And he's like, yeah. oh my God. Do you but find your got, girls telling you, I want to volunteer here. I want to do this by themselves? You know, in the last two years, I have. So I have a 15-year-old and I have a 12-year-old a who's mm-hmm. almost 13. And I feel like in the last two years, they've really evolved. And, they've, and they're like, well, no, I want to volunteer here. I want to give back to this. I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to see that they you know, what was maybe at a time something that their mom was forcing them to go and their mom was forcing them to do has now become something that's a natural um, yep, thing for that's them. that's exactly right. Because, I mean, I would make them every every one year they'd get a birthday party with stuff that they could they could get their birthday gifts and the next year they'd donate, they'd tell people to donate to a certain charity. Mm-hmm. So whether it be Muslims Against Hunger, which is one of the ones I really used to work with a lot when the kids were younger or... Like a lot of different stuff, like the Trenton area soup kitchen, depending on whatever they feel like they want to volunteer for, I'd get people to donate for that. And I feel, and they would, in the beginning, my, especially my younger one would be, would roll her eyes and like, oh, again. <laughs> and now she's very happy to have done all this. She's now, she comes up with things herself and says, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. In what other ways do you raise money for different charities? Well, I do the cooking classes. I, um, what else do I do? I do cooking class. I do so many, there's so many different things. So many times I'll do bake sales. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Last year, I, we sold about 400 jars of jam wow. and the money all went to, for one underprivileged child to go on tour with the girl choir. My kids are in choir mm-hmm. and with the girl choir, they're, we, we we made enough money selling jams for one child to go fully paid expense all expenses paid mm-hmm. that's amazing um in terms of uh, the relation between food and changing the world why did you pick food as a method to um you know as that you know, that language that you wanted to go through well first i love food we all love food and second of all what you know, you there's so much hate in the world, but if you can't hate something if you understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, okay, I'm Pakistani. So if mm-hmm. you don't like Pakistani people, but maybe I'll explain to you, show you a food of mine, explain to you different kinds of food and be like, hey, you know, this is what Pakistani food is. This is where it originated. This is how we make it back home. It's the history. Now you understand. Now you understand a little bit about the culture. Now you'll taste it. And you'll say, oh, it's really nice. Oh, let me, you know, like, no, maybe I don't really hate them all that much. Let me, let me talk. Let me, let me get to know them more. You'll mm-hmm. give it a second thought. You can't hate something you don't, you understand. If you don't understand it, okay, fine. People tend to hate it. But if you understand where people are coming from and what they're all about, you can't hate them. It's and much it's, harder. You can, but it's much harder to hate something yeah. you, you understand. And it's so interesting you say that because there are, uh, you know, foods really do have a history and they play with, you know, when times of when people were short on um, money in a country where they had to create different foods in order to survive and live. Um, other times when 
things just originated out of different, you know, cultural uh, trends or things that it's so interesting because then you, a person really does understand the culture and the history of what that food has gone through is what these people have gone through. That's exactly right. And then you can't hate somebody or something if you understand it. Or you, uh, like I said, it's much harder to hate somebody or something if you understand even a little bit of what they are, what they have gone through as a, as human beings, as um, as as food, as life. You mm-hmm. you know, you tend to hate things a lot less. And that's my goal. Like I don't want I I want to eliminate all the hate I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't change the world, but I can change who I am and maybe change the change a little portion of the world and maybe you can change um how people think of you know someone who is muslim or someone who is of a certain culture or certain color yeah it's exactly what i want people what i would love to do is to change the way the world looks at muslim people Mm -hmm. because i would love for people to see that i i love them as human beings i don't love them i don't hate i don't hate anybody and i i would love I would love people to see that in a Muslim person's eyes, there's so much love. Mm-hmm. And one of the things our religion teaches us is love your neighbor first. It doesn't say love your Muslim neighbor. It says love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and I would love for people to, to understand. And I, and I always try to explain to people when I'm doing these classes, I always explain to them, like the other day I did it at the Blauenberg Church. And I explained to the people with the classes, let me tell you why I'm doing this. And I said that, you know, my religion, it teaches me love your neighbor first. So if my neighbor is in need, I should, if my neighbor is hungry, I shouldn't, I should not be sleeping until my neighbor is fed. That's how much we love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So if my neighbor is in need and they need a new steeple, I should be the first person to go and offer to help in any way I can to raise the money for the steeple. Mm -hmm. And I think people were really amazed that, Islam teaches you that, but it really does. Islam teaches us so many things about how to love one another, how to love people. How to be a selfless person as well. It does. And it and there's so much that it teaches us that I would love to, I mean, I don't, I'm not by any means saying I'm super learned. I'm not. But whatever little I know, I would love to share with people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to these spaces, um, and I said they're all of different faiths. Um, mm-hmm. When you first walk in, you're not visibly Muslim. Do you introduce yourself as a Muslim right I off do. the bat? Right off the bat, I'm like, I'm Samira Ghani. I'm your Muslim neighbor. And this is what I would like to do for you. Why do you choose to present yourself in that way? Because when people see that we are, you know, we are good people doing good things, Mm-hmm. unfortunately media has portrayed the muslims as horrible people and the only way to combat that is to show them that we are not horrible people we are actually very nice people mm-hmm. and we do a lot of good in our lives and we do a lot of good things and charity is the number one thing that as muslims we should be doing and i feel like if i explain to them i introduce myself as a, as their muslim neighbor they'll understand their muslim neighbor cares about them and has nothing has no bad thoughts about them mm-hmm. because the way the media has portrayed us is absolutely terrible and that's so empowering because there was a time where you know visible muslim women were scared to come out of their homes and that's true that, and that is very true and 
so many people who wear their headscarf, the hijab, mm-hmm. so many people stopped wearing it because they were scared. Yeah. Because that's how bad things had gotten. But I think that if we explain to people that, yes, I'm Muslim, but I'm your neighbor and I love you and I would be happy to help you, I think step by step, we can change the perception of the way <coughs> Muslims are perceived in the, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to the world of Instagram, uh, how, do you, how did you begin your blog and what do you post so I began my blog because everybody kept telling me, asking mm-hmm. me for recipes and was like, oh, well, why don't you, why don't you start an Instagram page? And I'm like, really? I thought Instagram was just for the kids. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> start an Instagram page. But it's not a business. No, it's not a business. It's just, it's honestly what I love doing. Mm-hmm. So I share different recipes, different cultures. If I, I love inventing new recipes. So I, you know, like I work at work on the recipe and post that recipe and my, my motto is all 30-minute meals, quick and easy, and what we can repurpose the leftovers with so that there's minimum wastage. And that's good for moms on the go, good for people it's, who... It's great for moms on the go, it's great for school lunches, it's great yeah. for somebody who does not want to be in the kitchen 24 hours a day. Someone who doesn't like cooking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um, it's just, and it's something I, I always share with people what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like if I was like when I was did this program at the church I shared with my viewers or my or my Instagram followers that I did this and this is what I'm doing and I love letting people know that I'm doing stuff like this because you never know who you may inspire to do something good as well yeah and that's how the circle goes on right mm-hmm. you do good somebody else will look at you they'll do good and then somebody will look at them and they'll do good and so on and so forth you um, said, you mentioned that you volunteer a lot. I do. I do a lot of volunteer work. Mm-hmm. And you're a mother of three? A mother, I'm a mother of three. <laughs> How do you balance your time? Because I volunteer at places that I can bring the baby. I have a two-year-old. Okay. <laughs> so I, I volunteer where I can take, and I explain to people that I have a two-year-old, so I, I would I may need to bring her. And most mm-hmm. people are very receptive to the idea. They're like, absolutely, bring the baby. And I just, and she's so, she's such a relaxed baby, thank God, that it doesn't, um, she, this is just who she is. She knows that we go to these things together. She sits and she does her own thing. She, she colors, interrupt. She, do. mm-hmm. she really doesn't. Unless there's something really bothering her, she does not, um, she doesn't make it difficult for me. Yeah, so that's good. Um, in terms of, the, these being non-paying jobs and volunteer opportunities that you take on, do you feel that you sometimes need to stand up and say no to things because uh, too much is being asked of you or do people begin to take advantage of your kindness? You know, I'm one of those people that find it very difficult to say no. So if you ask me for something, it'll be very, very difficult for me to say no to you. Mm-hmm. I will try my level best to make it work. But yeah, they are t- if I feel like my kindness is being abused. I'll just step away from that situation. Yeah. But if it's somebody in need, 200%, I would just, I would just do it mm-hmm. and make it work. But if it's, if I feel like an organization or a group of people or somebody is trying to take advantage of me, then I would step away mm-hmm. unless that person was in dire need. And I know, you know, you can always tell when somebody's in you need. Can wait. Mm-hmm. So. 
What advice do you have for um, people who are listening in today? Find what makes makes you happy and do it. And do all the good you can and with all of the time that you have. Because you never know who you're going to inspire, whose life you're going to change. And my goal in my life is that when I die, I want everybody to say, oh, you know, she really changed my life. She really touched my heart. She, she was a good person. She did good for me. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that if you give with your whole heart. And, you know, giving doesn't mean you have to write unlimited checks. Giving, giving can mean your time, your effort, your knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to give. But my, my advice to everybody who's listening is live your life in a way that when you die, people will remember you as that person was so amazing. They, t- they changed my life or they touched my heart or they helped me. So that pe- people always have something really good to say about you. Because you're an ambassador for who you are, whether you're Muslim, Christian, um, Hindu, whatever. You're an ambassador for who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you do good, you make your whole, your whole um, culture look good. Yeah. And when you, when you die, you take all those good deeds with you. Mm-hmm. And you'll so be remembered by them as well. And you'll be remembered by them. And it's a win-win. Like Everybody's happy that way. You're remembered by them. You do, you do good for people. You help people. It's just like there's, there's nothing to lose in this. Mm-hmm. And you make the world a much better place. And, you know, people will be thankful that they met you. Like, I want everyone to be able to say, I'm so thankful I met her. Not, oh, my God, I wish I had never seen her, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be that person. <laughs> exactly. So the more, no, the more nice the things you do for people, the more and kind things you do to change people's lives, mm-hmm. the better you'll be remembered. Yeah. Have you ever encountered things or places that you went to who were not welcoming or been in situations where you felt you didn't have that voice? What do you mean? Like the, you, you seem like such a strong person and you make yourself heard um, in, a, in the kindest way. Do you, have you ever been in a position where you felt that you were not welcomed? You mean, have I felt racial discrimination? Yeah. Yes, I have. I actually have. I was getting an ultrasound done and somebody made some nasty remark at me. And I, but I am also one to stand up for myself. So I will mm-hmm. stand up for myself. And I, I do, I do let people know that that's not an acceptable way of behaving and you know how that's not appropriate and I I'm very vocal about how how I feel and what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong you know mm-hmm. so yes I am I'm super vocal about that maybe not it's not maybe it's not such a good thing but <laughs> I mean I think we, I think we do need it because it's something that is very difficult for a lot of people um, and if you have people who are just quiet for the sake of not creating any tense situations, you know? But you know, the world will only treat you the way you let people treat you. Mm-hmm. If you let people treat you like you don't, you, like your feelings are discounted, they will. And if you let people treat you with respect, tell people, demand that respect, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. But you, you can also, you can command, you can't demand it, you can command that respect. You can command it with all the good that you do, right? 
So that's another reason I feel like it's so important to do good things because you command that respect from other people. Is this part of the reason that you began what you're doing? And is that what really a previous speaker said to let the thing that you love set, you, set your soul on fire, which is something that has stuck with me. Um, is this what sets your soul on fire? This sets my soul on fire and knowing that I have changed somebody's life, I've made somebody's, understand somebody's hardship or somebody's point of view or mm -hmm. I've, I've let somebody be heard. I've, cha I've changed somebody for the better. Yeah, it does, it does um, rock my world. Mm -hmm. And that's so, um, I think when people look at, you know, a blog and on Instagram, they'll look at the aesthetic, they'll look at uh, how it looks, they'll look at, you know, what kinds of things people are using or, you know, that perfect world that you create, that fake world. Um, and people lose the meaning behind things. That so, is so true. Because the world is not perfect and we are not perfect. We make mistakes and, you know, we all do. I always, I, you learn to improvise you learn to take you know figure out what works and what doesn't work and it's okay to make mistakes there's nothing wrong with it and I feel like we as long as we learn from it that's great and even in my blogging and my Instagram world yeah I like if I'm starting off just for example if I'm starting off making a recipe and I'm like oops like just yesterday I, I was making bread it was a friend's birthday and I made her a bread basket and I realized, oops, I don't have enough flour. And I couldn't go out and get more flour because the baby was napping. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'll make, I'll use almond flour. And I use almond flour instead. And it came out really nice. But I mean, you have to improvise. Like, and that's life in general, right? Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't get what you want, you improvise and, and, and make the most of what you do have. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing that you have such a greater meaning, so much depth into what you're doing as well. Um, I think that's something that it's a lot of people can learn a lot from, you know, pulling out the depth of what you do. Um, I so appreciate thank you so much that. for all the work that you're doing and everything that you give to the world. And hopefully you can achieve your goal in making the world a better place. Thank you so much. I hope you know, most people follow me on my journey, see what, see what my journey is all about. What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Slice of Gourmet. Slice of Gourmet. Okay. And you know, if people follow me, they see my journey. They may learn to make some yummy food. <laughs> and just, you know, enjoy the journey. Let's enjoy the ride together. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, before we come to the end, I wanted to ask you what your final piece of advice, what's the thing you want to leave us with today? What do I want to leave you guys with today? Honestly, it's exactly what I said to you before. I think that when you do something, just ask yourself three things. Is it necessary? Is it kind? And is it going to be good? Is it going to do good for someone? Mm -hmm. And just follow those. That's what I tell my kids too. I'm like, just ask yourself three things before you do something or say something. Is it necessary? Is it kind? And is it going to make someone feel good? Thank you for that amazing advice. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure talking to you. You as well. Take care. You were just listening to the UMentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website 
under prior talk shows. And while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you want to reach out to any of our speakers, either today's speaker or previous speakers we've had on the show, visit our online platform at umojaoutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups, or just visit the UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. And don't forget, this year's Emoji Games 2020 are held in Richmond on July 3rd to 5th. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from our next guest.